Turn on the TV or radio and you will hear commercials for magic potions to get rid of joint and muscle pain. There's big money in preventing or stopping joint or muscle pain, but there is no truth in any of what you're hearing regarding them either. Symptoms of weak bones, muscles, ligaments, blood vessels, and lymphatics in your body all have a common root cause, and it's not due to aging or what you eat. In today's episode, I will be revealing the real root cause of these conditions so you can stop fearing your symptoms and start listening to what your body is trying to tell you. Are you ready to stop the overwhelm and frustration and instead simplify your healing? I'm your host, Jenny Peterson, a chronic illness coach and founder of Mind Body Rewire, a program that helps those with chronic conditions get their life and health back by using their mind. That's right, I take out all the fluff, the supplements, the diets, the detoxes, and teach you how to be your own healer. I never said that it's easy, but it can be simple. If you're serious about getting back your life and health, it's time to put focus on the one area that will help you get there, your own mind. We see young kids getting injured, people having to get surgery or joint replacements, and think that this is a normal part of life. But as normal as this may seem based on how we have been programmed about our bodies, these are all an indication of something much deeper. When I was a kid, I was injured all the time. In fact, I was voted as the most injured in high school. Now that's an accomplishment. Once I learned the subconscious patterns that are connected to the structural parts of our body, it made complete sense to me why this was happening. I can say that I no longer experience these structural issues because of the work that I have done within. So if you are experiencing symptoms in these areas of the body, as you listen today, I think it will all come together for you as well. Now, the body systems that essentially hold you together are the veins, arteries, cartilage, tendons, fat tissue, muscles, ligaments, lymphatics, and bones. These are the two by fours and concrete walls, like in a house, that create the foundation of strength. And when these areas of your body are quote unquote falling apart, weakening, swelling, or tearing, it doesn't mean that you are broken. Your body is trying to tell you an underlying message. I want you to think about your brain and body as a team who always has its focus on survival. In fact, this is how I want you to always think about your brain and body because it's the simplest way to understand why your body is doing what it's doing and why your brain perceives the way that it does. Knowing that these areas of the body are your foundation of strength, why would your body respond with them getting weak as a form of survival? Now, to explain that, we need to start with the subconscious which signals to the brain and body whether it needs to adapt or not to a situation. Your body is always there to back you up if your mind isn't able to process a situation. It's really quite amazing. We basically have two survival systems, our subconscious and our body. Our subconscious creates our survival programs basically up until the age of 12. These will be the programs in which you view the world and perceive situations. Your body will respond based on whatever those programs are in certain situations. If your body feels that there is a threat to your survival, based on your perception, it's going to do whatever it takes to survive. So when it comes to the structural parts of your body, in order for those to adapt, meaning have symptoms, there needs to be a feeling of weakness. The parts of our body and what their purpose is really do give us a clue into what patterns are connected to them. So if you're having problems with your bones, muscles, lymphatics, ligaments, or veins, then you are on a subconscious level sending messages that feel as if you are weak. 
to your body. And if I had to pick one particular subconscious pattern that I see the most with our clients, it's the pattern of self-devaluation, a pattern that is rooted in beliefs like, I'm not good enough, I'm weak, I'm a loser, I'm a failure. And it's really no surprise that these are the most common patterns because our society does a dang good job telling us that we are not good enough, not pretty enough, skinny enough, successful enough, don't make enough money, not fast enough, not a good enough parent, not feeling enough is literally everywhere. So let's take a look at what this looks like biologically in the body. Remember that your body is doing this all out of survival. We have to get into the habit of asking ourselves, what kind of information is the symptom trying to give me? The message that you are sending to your body is important here. If you are feeling awful about yourself, not feeling good enough because of whatever it is, from a survival standpoint, your body says, all right, you're not feeling strong enough, so we need to become strong. Again, it's all about survival. Reinforce, strength, make us stronger, etc. Your body is always adapting to your perception in order to survive. So to become stronger, your body actually goes through deconstruction first. It's like a house that has a bad foundation. You can't strengthen it by adding more two by fours or walls. You have to go to the foundation. Deconstruct the whole thing. So these areas of the body, the muscles, lymphatics, tissues, bones, and veins, they get weaker First, it's a cell loss to make space for reinforcement. This is often when people are getting injuries because of the loss that is happening during this time. But then once you resolve a situation, your body then moves into the healing phase. And this is where you will experience pain, swelling, inflammation, all the stuff that people experience when they're healing, but they think there's something wrong. So they tried to fix the pain and swelling, but it's actually when the body is doing its healing is when we're feeling this. It's, it's everything opposite that we've been taught. Like we've been taught when there's pain, there's swelling, all this stuff, right? That there's something wrong with us and we need to go fix it. When the opposite is actually happening, the body is going, wait a second, what are you doing? I'm, I'm in the process of healing right now. (laughs) And this is when in that healing process, reconstruction is happening. The re-strengthening of the area of the body is happening. So behind the scenes, it is reconstructing. It is building, even though there's pain and swelling, that's what it's doing during that time. So that's also the time when, you know, we're thinking there's something wrong. But before it even gets into that cycle, there is the breaking down when you are actively thinking like there's something wrong with you. So when you are thinking there's something wrong with me, I'm not good enough, or whatever devaluation you have about yourself, that's when things are breaking down because the body's gotten this message, this perception. We gotta, we gotta adapt here. Uh, this we're getting a message. The captain's telling us that we're not good enough. So the breaking down happens, and then they get a message. The body gets a message from the captain saying, "All right, we're good now. Everything's good. They're feeling better about themselves. It's time to rebuild and reconstruct that area and make it stronger than it was before, so that we can hopefully prevent this from happening again." This is truly what's happening um, in the body when it's getting the messages from your subconscious mind. So this the self-devaluation pattern, this can become a very vicious cycle. You will experience pain when you are healing. So 
you then feel not good enough to do certain things because of that pain. And the devaluation cycle just keeps going. I can't do my job now. I can't do this with my kids. I have this thing that's wrong with me. You know, so if you're in constant pain, this is a good indicator that you are on a self-devaluation train that just keeps going in circles, round and round and round. You had a a devaluation, you get over it, your body goes into the healing phase, you think there's something wrong going on because of the misinterpretation of what this healing phase really means, you devalue yourself again and it just keeps going round and round and round. This is why we need to give this whole process a new meaning. If we don't understand what healing looks like, it just continues to feed the cycle and we have a misunderstanding of our body. If the meaning that you are giving your symptoms is that there is something wrong, then based on that thought, you will do specific actions, think and feel a certain way, etc. When we shift the meaning of our symptoms or anything in life, we can relax, stop being in the state of panic and actually support the body the way it needs to be supported when it's healing. How can you change the way you experience your pain or your symptoms? Shift the way you are thinking about it, knowing that it is healing. Now, this does not mean to do nothing knowing that it's healing. I mean, you're healing and you're saying, okay, so now what do I do? You can support your body during this time if needed. Now, medications that are for pain or for inflammation are going to interrupt the healing process, but they could be used for short term if absolutely necessary. You don't want to use supplements that are anti-inflammatory long-term either because, again, the inflammation is there as part of the healing process. But what you can do is take baths, add warmth to the area to promote blood flow for healing, rest the area as much as you can during that time, which means you may need to stop doing some activities. And when you stop doing those activities, you have a different mindset. You're telling yourself, I'm letting my body heal rather than when you're stopping to do those activities, you beat yourself up. There has to be a different message, a different meaning that you are giving this whole situation. Otherwise, there's no purpose here. And most of all, you need to work on your mindset and perception. Doing nothing isn't going to get you anywhere. And that is not what I'm promoting. What I'm saying is, is doing nothing most oftentimes is what people think about outside remedies. When people think about doing nothing, they think, well, then that means I can't take anything. I can't do anything like the physical things outside. But doing something is actually the inside work. You have to shift the way you are thinking about your symptoms and also address the patterns that are keeping the self-devaluation going. That's the work. And that's the work that actually gives your body the permission to heal and will complete the healing process. We are just so used to interrupting the healing process that it's hard for us to sit back and allow the body to do its own thing. We're control freaks in, in the big picture of things. And this control of the, the of the healing process and, and how we physically feel is actually just causing and perpetuating the problem. All right, so now there are different levels of severity regarding the self-devaluation pattern. Someone that is experiencing issues with their veins, cartilage, ligaments is a light devaluation. Probably not a major thing in their life, but it was just enough to make them feel less than. Then there are the muscles and the lymphatics that are moderately more. And when it reaches the bone, there is a deep self-devaluation to your core. I'm useless, not able to provide for my family, for example. You will see 
bone cancers often come after a diagnosis of another cancer. And this isn't a surprise based on the meaning that people give to cancer. They are told they have cancer and then another conflict is created by the thoughts that follow. So to resolve these conditions, if they are chronic, it's going to require a person to do quote unquote, the deep work. It's beyond just finding a memory and seeing things differently from that situation. If you have these types of symptoms, then you have been really good at beating yourself up for most likely your entire life. If you don't work on stepping into a new version of you, shift the way you view the world and respond to it, then quick fix memory stuff is only going to maybe give you short-term relief. If you really want to address your current situation and prevent it for the future, you have to do the deep work, which is not an overnight thing or a few sessions with the coach kind of thing. The belief that I'm not good enough always goes back to childhood. Where did you learn to be so hard on yourself? Did you have parents that had high expectations? Coaches and teachers always telling you that you're not doing something right. Have bad experiences with kids at school, making you feel not good enough to be their friend, etc. These are all common places that I see these beliefs come from, and frankly, why almost everyone has this belief on some level. Like I said, there are not only the experiences in real life that we get this from, but also from society. We now have social media telling us how to look, what success looks like, and so much more. So we are hit from so many different directions that if we are not given or taught resilience, it is super easy for anyone to have this this belief about themselves on some level that they're not good enough. And as a parent, this is a hard area to navigate because no matter how you try to help your child or say something, they're often going to perceive it as they are not good enough. It's just naturally how uh, they're going to perceive that as children. And it can be as simple as a child you know, showing a parent a piece of artwork that they did at school and them not getting the reaction that they hoped from their parents. This is why teaching your child resilience is so very important. They are going to get in situations where people respond to them in ways that they might not expect. But when they are resilient, they will know that it's not about them. And I run into this so much with my son, in particular with coaches. The phrase that I use with my son is, put your fence up, buddy. Put your fence up, buddy, and don't let your coach's words get into your real estate. Oftentimes, coaches have these high expectations of children, children that are still learning, and they want them to be perfect and play a certain way. And that wears on these kids. And in the big picture of things, if these kids aren't sat down and said, look, your coach has got a lot of big expectations on you. Now, I understand you want to try and meet those, but if if you don't, it is totally okay because this isn't a reflection of you not being good enough. This is about you learning and the learning process. And sometimes adults have these high expectations because they're adults in their mind and they've gotten to this place but not realize that in order to get to that place, mistakes need to happen. They need to do things wrong And accepting those mistakes for adults isn't always the easiest. So it's sitting down and having these conversations with our kids to say, look, you know, do you think that these expectations from this coach are realistic? And most often they're not. Um, And explaining that. Now, I have a teenager, so obviously language with my teenager is going to be different with a little one. But the concept is the same of saying you are doing the best that you can. This is a learning process. And sometimes the expectations that are given to you by adults, they don't realize children are unable to reach at this point in their life. 
So it's a very important uh, lesson that we need if, if you're wanting to change the generational patterns within your family to be having these conversations with our kids. And like I said, the phrase I tell my son is put your fence up, buddy. Don't let other people's words into your prime real estate, your brain, your location. You are good enough. And those words from other people need to stop at that fence line. So once this belief of I'm not good enough starts to take hold and plant its seed before the age of 12, we start to see the world through this lens. The way we talk to ourselves are really the words that we have taken on that we heard from others. It could be it could be the words from our, our from our mother, from our father, from our parents, from from our teachers. You know, all of these words that we're telling ourselves are because it's the language we have learned from other people teaching us to be extremely hard on ourselves. And we may have learned that to be loved or accepted, that we had to be perfect or achieve certain things. That's often also another connection that we see. Well, mom and dad only gave me praise when I reached this certain achievement or I did this certain thing. And so that is teaching us that I will only be loved and accepted if I do this certain thing. And if I can't meet that, I'm not good enough. Again, these, these beliefs come in all diff- from all different places, but these are the most common ways in which I see them through our client work. So our memories serve as proof to the subconscious for why we believe what we believe about ourselves. The problem is that those memories are formed from an old perception that no longer serves you. But because your subconscious is using that as proof and really a way of surviving as you move into adulthood, it's not so easy to change just by consciously thinking a different way. It's going to take time within the subconscious and those memories to basically give the subconscious permission to let go of those old memories and see them in a different way. That is the deep work. Remember that the patterns that you are operating from today that are connected to your symptoms are ways of survival to your subconscious. It is the survival program that they have. It is literally what is programmed into your subconscious. It's like the program that's in your computer. This is what it knows how to operate. It's going to take time and specific work on yourself to let those old patterns go and rewire new ones. It is a step-by-step process that you want to do in a safe way working with the brain. Too many people jump into working on these things too fast and the brain then resists it. Well, that's because we're going too fast. We have to be able to do this in a step-by-step format that brings safety to the subconscious. In addition, a lot of people are devaluing themselves and don't even see it because it becomes so automatic. It becomes a part of who they are. This is why awareness is the first step. Everyone wants to jump in and do the work, but truthfully, if you are not aware of your patterns, then doing the deep work will not be effective. Or you'll get to doing the deep work and you won't be able to see anything because your awareness muscle hasn't been built. You have to become aware of the language you use with yourself and how you perceive situations. This belief of I'm not good enough is most likely showing up in many areas of your life. All these beliefs that anyone, any beliefs that you have, and most people are operating off of mainly three to four that are the core beliefs. They are bleeding into everything that you are doing. So journaling is a great way to see this. When something is bothering you, get it on paper. Write down everything that you are feeling. When you see it on paper, you're going to then be able to see, you know, okay, this is my story. Then ask yourself, 
what would I need to believe about myself to make me feel this way about the situation? So I feel this certain way, it's on paper. What would I have to believe about myself in order to feel this way? Because there's a belief driving that feeling. So if you do this often, you will see that the belief that I'm not good enough is driving the bus. And this is where our, our students see, you know, we, we give them work that is often helping them identify beliefs in many different areas from many different directions. And they'll be like, oh my God, that belief shows up everywhere. Yes, it's one of yours that is driving the bus. But the more you see that belief show up, the more you become aware and start realizing, okay, I'm now seeing it here and now I can do something about it. And if you do this exercise often, by writing down, seeing what's on there, identifying what belief is underneath that, you will see that the belief I'm not good enough, like I said, is driving the bus. It's the driver for how you think, feel, and act. This is why emotions are not the root to addressing your symptoms. Your beliefs are. The only way you feel a certain way is because of how you are perceiving a situation, and that perception is going to be based on your beliefs. When you can trace back to where these beliefs started, You then can see the evidence in front of you and realize that this belief you formed about yourself was based on other people's limitations and also your limitations at the time. You then have a choice. Is this belief serving me anymore? And is it really true? Then you want to take out the old and replace with something new. You get to consciously craft and create a new self-concept. We call that stepping into your 2.0 self. So healing is about so much more than simply getting rid of your symptoms. It's about discovering who and what you are, what your capacity is for creating an amazing body, an amazing life, amazing relationships, amazing finances, and really creating the life that you've just always wanted. Your body is telling you what's getting in the way of all of that. And the solution to a devaluation is the opposite. It's revaluation. Revaluation is not an overnight process. Like I said, this is always going back to childhood and we've got to unwire and clean up all of that so that you can step into your 2.0 version. And truthfully, it drives me crazy when people are told that the solution is just to go back to that situation that started before your symptoms started, resolve it, and then you can go on your way. Now, this is not serving anyone because that person is going to continue acting in the same patterns most likely having more symptoms in the future. There's nothing learned in that situation. And oftentimes people walk away forming a belief that this work doesn't work after that. If you don't change the subconscious patterns that are no longer serving you and how you respond to life, your body will continue to give you a message of what needs to be changed, what patterns are not working for you. So if you're dealing with symptoms regarding the structural part of your body, the veins, the arteries, the cartilage, the tendons, the fat tissue, the muscles, ligaments, lymphatics, and bones, then I hope I have given you some insight to what your body is trying to tell you regarding these symptoms. It is trying to tell you that you have done a really good job beating yourself up for the last how many years. It is now time to start loving you and accepting you for who you are and to stop being this professional beater-upper. And and that is going to take time because you can sit and tell yourself you love yourself in the mirror every single day, but the subconscious is going to go, ah, but I have proof. I have proof that this isn't true. Look at here's my files. 
This is why the files need to be addressed before we start to consciously start planting new things in. So if you're interested in working with us to help you unravel all the patterns that are at the root of your chronic symptoms, the first step is to get an individual healing plan. And now this healing plan will be the exact steps you need to take to address your chronic symptoms and how we can support you in that plan. You can find the link to request your healing plan in the show notes. You can also connect with me and continue learning by following me on Facebook at MindBodyRewire and on IG at the Mind Body Rewire. If you found value in this episode, please share it with others and I would love for you to give me a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. 